In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Hope you and your family had a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Next up, Christmas. Looking forward to the holiday season. Uh, Always my favorite time of year because we get to eat so much on this show. A review of Norwegian Breakaway. Also, Cruise Maven, Sherry Kennedy, standing by to give us some cruise news. Before we get to Sherry, do want to remind you, Cruise Radio News is our Facebook group. Come and join us, won't you? Yeah, we'd love to have you there. And also, the other show we started a couple of months ago called River Cruise Radio. You can find that at rivercruiseradio.net or listen to it wherever you're listening to this show. All righty. Sherry Kennedy has the cruise news. How you doing, Sherry? Hi, Doug. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was quiet, but it was fun. I had a good time. How about you? It was nice. Went over to the uh, parents' farm for a few days. I, I actually, I got to tell you this story. So uh, Black Friday, there was a drone on sale. So like you know, the remote control airplane drones? No, no, no. So I bought one. And I'm not going to name the store, but I bought one. Went through a bunch of people. Crowded store. Had to have it. Went Thanksgiving night with my niece. Bought the drone. Bought the batteries. Took it home. All charged up. Next day, I'm like, okay, we're going to fly this baby. So what happens? We fly it. And, you know, I'm having a good time with it. I get it off the ground, and I'm hovering, and I'm kind of going left, right, up, down. And, and it streams live video. So I was taking it up in the air, taking pictures of my parents' farm because they have a 100-acre farm out in the panhandle of Florida. So having a good time all is well until I hit the button. And next thing you know, it was flying southeast, and I, that was the last I saw of it. Oh, no. Gone. Yep, it lost range with the transmitter to never be seen again, flying southeast at a curvature like a space shuttle does or an airplane taking off. It really just, like, left and said goodbye. I hit some button, and then it just, whoom, went off. So, yeah, that was my drone story, my expensive drone story. I I hope the batteries conk out pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, but I digress. All right, let's get the cruise news here. Half Moon K, everyone's favorite private island oasis in the Bahamas, recently got a refurbishment. What did it see? It's hard to believe it's 20 years since they opened Half Moon Key. Wow. 20? Where did it go? I, know, right? I mean, it's, well, some of the things that they've decided to do, they're really pretty nice. And uh, one thing that I'm looking forward to is this new lobster shack. Mm-hmm. It's going to be permanently located near the I wish I could stay here forever bar. Yeah. And it will be uh, like a lobster barbecue, lots of coconut things and beans and rice. The cost will be $20 per person. So it's not cheap, but it is lobster. And they'll have beverages, rum punch and things for sale also. So that should be a lot of fun and a nice way to spend an afternoon. What else? They're reviving or giving facelifts to the the, uh, beachside cabanas and the two-story villas. They're going to be painted and have some new furnishings. And, you know, 20 years in the Caribbean, you probably need to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There'll be new decor all around. And one of the fun spots is Captain Morgan on the rocks, the bar. I'm sure you've been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they're getting new uh, new furniture. And one thing I'm happy to see is the horseback riding. That's what I love to do in uh, in uh, Half Moon Key. And the horseback riding tours, are, they're adding 14 additional horses and two more uh, grazing areas. 
Now, the changing rooms, it says they are enhanced also, which is pretty cool because there really were no changing rooms. I just remember always having to uh, put pants on over a bathing suit or take pants off under, you know, with a bathing suit under before you go into the water. It will definitely be appreciated by everybody that doesn't want to walk around in wet clothes the whole day. Ugh, I know, nothing worse than that. Uh, moving right along here. Norwegian Cruise Line just opened up their private destination in the Caribbean. Is this like any other Caribbean island, like a private island? It's similar to that. You know, if you've been to Grand Turk, you sort of have an idea of what to expect with uh, this new Harvest Key concept. It's a, you know, resort entertainment destination complex, but uh, it's it's the only port in Belize where the cruise ships can actually dock at. You don't have to take a tender to get uh, in over to where you want to be. It's a 75-acre complex. There's a 15,000 square foot pool with a swim-up bar and lounge chairs and tables in the water. That should be interesting. They also have, of course, these, uh, you know, extravagant cabanas that you can rent if you'd like to do that. Um, It's quite costly. It's about a $400 million investment by Norwegian. Yeah, that's a crazy amount of money to develop a destination, but I guess you can keep the people there at the destination itself. Uh, You could probably make more money in the long run, so uh, good for them. Now let's transition to some not-so-happy news. Carnival Corporation Social Impact Cruise Line Fathom started service earlier this year to the DR and to Cuba. It looks like it could be going away next year, or it is going away next year, actually. It's not looking good, and, you know, it's pretty sad because, you know, for the first time there was a way for people to plan ahead that they were going to go on a purpose driven uh, do-gooder type cruise and help out in the Dominican Republic. And they've done a lot of good things, a lot of good projects. We've talked talked about them uh, before with the, you know, the laying cement for buildings and, and things like that. But unfortunately, it's just not drawing the market. So, uh, you know, Cuba really was their shining star, apparently. And as of uh, next summer in June, they will no longer be around. Well, and I guess like they're going to transfer the ship, the Fathom Adonia, mm-hmm. back to P&O Cruises, where it originally came from. But Fathom will still exist as an entity over in the DR. So if you're sailing to Amber Cove, which is Carnival's new port there, you can actually take part in a do-good shore excursion like building water filters, teaching English, concrete floors, and things like that. So not completely gone, but the cruise line will be gone come June of 2017. Celebrity Cruises, uh, they have a new ship coming out. This, this is their Edge class, right? This is the new Edge class, and it's, it's, it's been almost, what, eight years now mm-hmm. since they came out with a new class of ship. So it's pretty exciting. It's the Celebrity Edge, and there will be a sister ship called Celebrity Beyond. Celebrity expects the Edge to be delivered in fall of 2018, and the Celebrity Beyond will be here in the spring of 2020. There are two more ships that are planned, and if all goes as scheduled, they will debut in fall of 2021 and then 2022. So there's a lot planned over the next uh, six years. Last but not least, MSC Seaside, which is MSC Cruises, ship coming out in December of 2017, recently hit a milestone. Yeah, the MSC Cruises celebrated the float out of their newest mega ship, the MSC Seaside, let me try saying that fast. Late last week at Fincantieri Shipyard in Italy, the ship will home port in Miami in December of 2017 and operate Caribbean cruises year round. It's, it's the first of a new generation of ships for MSC. And, and their whole concept is to put you closer to the water 
which, you know, you don't want to be too close, but mm-hmm. closer to the water will be good. There's, uh, for example, the, the ship will feature a 360-degree ocean-level promenade, which to me means it's like on deck four or five mm-hmm. is my guess. Uh, they'll have the panoramic glass elevators, so you step into them and you look out at the ocean as you go up and down. And there's also some strange kind of a 98-foot bridge on the top deck. And I haven't seen any photos, any renderings of that yet, but that should be interesting. And the majority, at least 70% of the staterooms, will have balconies. So, uh, you know, that's pretty nice. They will have the, the lesser expensive ones, but that's a nice percentage. It does look like a really cool ship. It looks awesome. Been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, thanks for being on the show again. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Richard Sims just returned from a seven-night sailing aboard Norwegian Breakaway round trip out of New York City. Richard's on the line right now. How you doing, buddy? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, dude. I really enjoyed your sea blogs that you did, your live blogging over the seven nights on Norwegian Breakaway. Uh, I got to get back on that ship. It's been a, like three years since I've done her. Um, that came out weird. But anyway. Um, <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting for you to say that. I set you up, man. <laughs> Before we get to Norwegian Breakaway, let's take a step back and give me your pre-cruise thoughts. You know, I had done this itinerary before. This was my third time on the breakaway. She was actually the very first ship I ever did a full cruise on. After I had sailed upon her the first time, I said that I would not do her again because the ship is too big. Uh, And I, you know, I kind of prefer the smaller vessels like the Gem and Carnival Sunshine. But this is my third time back on board. So, you know, clearly I must at least like her a little bit. And you pretty much live right there in Hell's Kitchen, right by Pier 88 in Manhattan. So how was the embarkation process for you? Incredibly simple. I was a little bit nervous because I got there later than I usually do. I usually, you know, I'm that person who's there at dawn waiting to get on board the ship. And this time I got there quite a bit later than I normally do. What I did not know, because this was my first time going as a casino at Seas Guest, what I did not know is that um, as such, they have a whole separate check-in area for us. And once I had gone through the process, 
you're like the first people on board. It's basically, you know, the folks that are being wheeled on board, then the Haven, and then you, which was great because I was in a race against time to get one of the vibe passes. Um, that was really important to me. And I was very much worried that I wouldn't get that, but it was amazing. I, I got to the pier at probably 11.15, and I was on the ship at 11.30, so it was like 15 minutes. That's unreal for, especially Pier 88. That place is a mess, mostly. It is, and it was a mess, but the the whole Casino at Sea thing really makes it easy, because they really just, they take you completely to a separate place and and right on board. What were your first impressions once you boarded the ship? I know this was your third time on the ship, but your thoughts this go-around? This go-round, my thought was simply get to guest services. <laughs> and you can always tell the people who are going for the Vibe passes. When you're sailing out of New York, Vibe, um, for those who don't know, Vibe is the adults-only pay section. They have two adults-only places on the breakaway. One is Spice H2O and the other is Vibe. But Vibe is is one you pay to access, and it's really great and it's awesome. And when you're sailing out of New York – if it's in the summer, there's probably a lot of competition to get those vibe passes. In the winter, it's probably not quite so much because you can't really use it the first day. You can't use it the last day because it's just too cold. But you can always tell the people who are going for them because they are running to guest services. And sure enough, that's that was my first impression was run. And I got there and I got my pass and everything was awesome. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? Because you, you normally sail like an aft balcony, don't you? Always on all of my cruises, I've had an aft facing balcony because I really like sitting there looking at the wake. Aft balconies are bigger. I do a lot of writing out there. This was my first time I had decided I was going to do to try and save a little money. So I just had the casino offer I had was for an inside room and I, I paid to upgrade to a midship balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little nervous because from the beginning when Breakaway launched, we heard a lot about how small the balconies are. And I'll tell you what, they are small. I know your rule is basically if I can sit on the balcony and my knees not touch the glass, mm-hmm. you, you might be able to put a piece of paper between your knees <laughs> and the glass, but not much. They are really small, but it was awesome. And the room itself was great. It had it was a good size. They have the nice glass enclosed showers that um, that I've always liked. I was really pleased. You know, it it was if I had been paying for it myself as opposed to a casino offer, it would have been significantly cheaper and yet I would not have been disappointed in it. Space-wise, I know you were traveling solo, but plenty of space for everything? Plenty of space for everything. The one thing I do kind of miss is I don't particularly like the way the cabin closet is positioned. If you're by yourself, it's fine. But if there was another person there, they would basically be sleeping with their head in the closet. It's it's pretty close between the one side of the bed and the closet. The other thing is I kind of miss old-fashioned drawers. They have lots of cubby holes and spaces to put things in, but there aren't necessarily you know pull-out drawers. And I really am a big fan of those. But you can't complain about the space. There's plenty of space throughout the cabin. There's also plenty of dining aboard Norwegian Breakaway as well. So let's transition into the dining part of the ship. We'll start at the buffet area up at the top and then work our way down. So what do you think of the buffet area on there? I really like Norwegian's buffet, or at least I should say the Breakaway buffet. It's pretty well organized. Yes, it's a madhouse if you try and go there you know, during quote-unquote normal business hours. If you try and go during lunch hour, it's, it's a madhouse. But they have a great selection – I didn't eat there a lot. I swung, swung through a couple times and, you know, grabbed a couple of nibbly bits and stuff. I think I had lunch there once. But they have a good selection. And the other thing they have on this ship that a lot of people aren't aware of, although I noticed more people had become aware of it this time than were in the past, is that in Moderno, 
um, which is at night one of their pay restaurants. On sea days, they have themed buffet days. One was a Bavarian day, which I was fascinated by because when I hear Bavarian, all I think of is beer and pretzels. Mm -hmm. But they did have other foods there. One day was Mediterranean, so it was like lots of Greek foods and hummuses and eggplants. And it's completely free, and a lot of people don't realize that they have these. So you kind of keep your eye on the daily under lunches, and it'll say, you know, if Moderno is having one of these sea day brunch days. Moderno, is that the uh, the Brazilian steakhouse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. it is. It is. Okay. Awesome. Very cool there. Uh, now, I always get confused, and I, I've done probably at this point over 100 Norwegian interviews over the past seven years, but dining on Norwegian cruise line. There's not set dining times, correct? There is not. Okay. But there are main dining rooms? On this particular ship, there are three main dining rooms, okay. Savor and Taste, which are right across from each other. And very conveniently, especially if you wind up having to wait for a table, there's a bar right between them, the Mix Bar, which is a, a very nice little bar. And they've got a piano there. And then the third dining room is the Manhattan Room, which is, to me, that's the place to be. It's a little fancier. It's basically themed like a supper club in New York City in the 1940s. They most nights have a band or a singer and they have burn the floor performances in there and it's not the same burn the floor performance as you would see if you go to see the actual show burn the floor it's a completely separate type of performance all three of the restaurants and it took me like two days to realize this they all have the same menu Um, i was running around checking menus every day to decide where to eat and on like day two or three i was like wait a minute i think these are all the same and they are so the only difference really is in the decor between the the three different main dining rooms so uh, as far as is just making reservations or just walk up? It depends. They okay. say they call it freestyle. So they're very big on like, you know, you should be able to just walk into any restaurant. But if you are traveling with, you know, a party of, you know, say 6, 10, 12, 14, you would definitely want a reservation. I didn't have reservations the entire week. I ate only in the main dining rooms, This, which was, again, something different for me. I usually do only specialty restaurants. Mm-hmm. On this trip, I only ate in the main dining rooms. And I never had a reservation on any given night. And I never had to wait more than, you know, two, three minutes while they found a table for me. But again, if you have a big party, you would want to have a reservation because it's not quite as easy to walk right up and get a table. On this sailing, did you do the drink package? I did. I do it every single time. The one or two times I've had to buy it. On Norwegian, if you don't have a drink package, you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy to basically get it as one of your perks. It's always one of the perks. There are some people who decide not to take it. And the big debate is always – is it going to be worth it? Am I going to you know, get my money's worth? Norwegian's drink package does tend to be priced higher than, say, Carnival's Cheers package. And I think that's mainly because then they can say when they offer it as a perk that it's worth you – know, you're saving this much money. But to me, the real value in it is not having to, at the end of the trip – dread that bar bill. You know, every time you order a drink thinking there's $10, there's $10, there, oh, there's $20. I would prefer not to have to do that and just get off the ship debt free. So I try always to have it. And this was no exception. Cool. Uh, Well, let's talk about the entertainment on board Norwegian Breakaway. Of course, you got a few shows on there and then tons of venues and music around the ship. So what were your thoughts? The entertainment can be a little hit and miss. Rock of Ages is a great show. I've seen it a million times. I skipped it this particular trip, although I did do Burn the Floor because that is, to me, 
sort of one of the standout shows on this particular ship. Um, a lot of people think it's just dancing and they don't realize there's actually a live band and singers and it's a really incredible show. They also have a lot of different venues, whether it's um, Howl at the Moon, where they have the dueling piano players. Fat Cats had a great band playing in there, a kind of a Cajun Creole band playing all week. And when they weren't there, there was it was the spot to go for like karaoke, which was wildly entertaining. There was there were some guests on this week that hit karaoke just about every night and they never failed to deliver. They were a lot of fun. And the last night of the ship, there were two performances at seven and nine o'clock by Carla Stickler, who is she's a Broadway performer, best known because she was one of the women to play Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West in Wicked. And her whole show was like it was interesting because you could tell half the crowd was really into Broadway stuff and the other half of the crowd was not a Broadway crowd. Um, because they just sort of sat there and watched as she sang, you know, some of the biggest songs from Broadway shows. But that was just an amazing way to end the week. If you're going on Breakaway and she is still on there, um, if you have any interest in Broadway whatsoever, it's really it's a show worth seeing because it's 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 amazing. Sea days on this sailing. Now you did Port Canaveral, Orlando, uh, Nassau, and Great Stirrup K, which is their private island. So you had a couple of sea days in there. Uh, how was the ship during the sea days as far as the passenger flow and um, the different dining venues? It was pretty easy to navigate. Um, the only time that it became really kind of crazy crowded are the first day, not necessarily the first sea day, but on embarkation day, which I guess is kind of a sea day. That day, because everyone's still wandering around, no one knows what they're doing. It's kind of a little bit crowded. And then the very last sea day, the trip ends with two sea days. And the last sea day, generally when you're coming back to New York at this time of year, it's freezing outside. So everybody is drawn inside and the atrium becomes the place to be because there's so much, there's just constantly something going on, a cake decorating contest or salsa dancing lessons or whatever. And it got really crowded in there. And even the other bars, you would go to maltings or shakers, any bar that was open was pretty much crowded because Everybody was driven inside by the weather. There was nobody at the pool deck. There was nobody at Vibe. There was nobody at Spice H2O because it was just too cold. The atrium on Norwegian Breakaway, was that the part of the ship where Oshihans is? Yeah, it's on the second level. The okay. Breakaway is one of the ships that has the 678 Ocean Plaza. Mm -hmm. And so the whole seventh level is basically the casino and Oceans is mostly what's on that level. And so the nice thing about Oceans is you can, whether you're in the actual restaurant or across from it, they have the bar, you can basically hear whatever entertainment is going on down on the lower level, which is where the main stage is, or the main stage for the atrium. So, you know, if you're eating lunch or something, you're usually being entertained by some form of music or your fellow guests being humiliated by a game show. So that's that's kind of a nice little perk of the location of Oceans on this ship. Out of the three ports you hit, let's focus on Great Stirrup K because I understand they recently underwent some refurbishments. They did, and they still are. It was funny because I've been to the island numerous times, and so I was telling people in the sea days or on the days before we got to the private island, I was saying, you know, when you get there, bypass the main beach, then walk past the beach where the small cabanas are and go to the lagoon because that's where nobody is and it's the coolest part of the island. Well, we get there and we find out that the lagoon is closed because it's under massive renovations. So I had more than a few people tell me I misdirected them and make me buy them drinks, which I'm always willing to do. But the island itself, the renovations they've done so far are fantastic. The things that you you would notice – 
are on the cabanas. They have two style of cabanas. There's the large cabanas and the small cabanas. Both got completely redone. They have really comfy, cozy couches and stuff. They have sort of like privacy drapes around them. They're really gorgeous. They also put in more walkways. They will eventually have more shade. They're redoing the whole lagoon area, which I believe they're going to have even fancier cabanas than the ones that they have now. But uh, what they've done so far is really impressive. I love it. So you make your way back to Manhattan. How was disembarkation at Pier 88? That was one of the reasons that I was a little hesitant about doing this was both of my previous times on Breakaway disembarkation was disastrous, nightmare. Just people standing in line for an hour, two hours, trying to move with your, especially if you're self, self-assisting your luggage off, just really disastrous. This time, I sort of disregarded what they said to do. I had gotten a letter saying that because I'm gold, not quite platinum, but gold, to go to the Breakaway Theater around 7.30 in the morning and you know, you'll be one of the first people off. The very polite young man working at the Breakaway Theater said, no, 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 nobody's allowed in here. Um, it's blocked off. Go over by Oceans, which is where you know everybody stands in line to get off. I did what he said and luckily was off the ship very easily, probably within 15, 20 minutes of that. But what's interesting is as I and other people who sort of knew the system and knew what we needed to do to get off were actually getting off the ship, they were making announcements throughout the ship saying – Stay in your cabins or go to breakfast. We haven't even deployed the gangplank. The gangplank? Plank? Sure. Gangway? Whatever it is. We haven't even deployed that yet. So it's just a terribly confusing ship. And given that there are, you know, around 4,000 people trying to get off, the fact that the people who are working on the ship and making the announcements and directing people where to go, the fact that they don't quite know what they're doing really can add to the confusion. Luckily for me, I was off pretty quickly and, and home very shortly thereafter. Any first-time tips you want to share for Norwegian Breakaway? If you want the Vibe Pass, don't pass go. Do not click $200. Go right to guest services, and you will end up standing in line with all the other people who want to get it, and not all of you will get it. So that's a biggie. And then, like I said, the Sea Day lunch. Avoid going to the main buffet. Look at the menu. Find out what Moderno has and head over there because it's – oh, one other thing, dining-wise – I'm a big fan of Cagney's. I usually eat in Cagney's, the steakhouse, you know, three or four times during the week. But given that I was saving money this week, I only ate in main dining rooms. On the last night in the Manhattan room, I decided to treat myself and order something that had an additional price to it. You know, everything in the restaurant is, it's a main dining room, so it's normally free. But they do, like many dining rooms, have add-on items like lobster and steak. So I got an 18-ounce ribeye steak with, you know, all the fixing and all that. And it was $19. And it was just as good a meal as I would have gotten in Cagney's where I would have paid $30 or more. So you can kind of treat yourself to a steak dinner without actually going to the steakhouse and paying a little less money. There you go. There's a tip. Yeah. Also, don't forget about the three main dining rooms all have the same menu apparently too. Right. So don't go running around (laughs) the ship trying to compare menus. You can... uh, uh, you can really just go to any one of them that's the most convenient to you and see what the dinner is going to be for all of them. Final thoughts of Norwegian Breakaway. Love it. It's a great trip. It's a great itinerary. The nice thing for me about it is 
and I think a lot of New Yorkers experience the same thing. We've done this ship before. We've done this itinerary numerous times, and that allows us to really relax. I didn't feel the need to run around the ship and you know see everything and do everything and get off at all the ports because I've done them. But it really allowed me to spend a lot of time relaxing. This is one of the first cruises I've come back from where – you know how sometimes you come back and you need a vacation from your vacation? Yeah. I came back and was like, wow, I am really, truly relaxed. It was it was great. Been talking with Richard Sims on his seven-night Florida Bahamas cruise aboard Norwegian Breakaway out of New York City. You can also catch his live sea blogs he did last week at cruiseradio.net. Richard, good talking to you, man. Always great. Thanks for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net.